Hi, everyone. Welcome this week back to Father Knows Something. And as you look, wait a minute, I'm going to take off these glasses. Start over again. (laughs) Take two. Okay. It's welcome back, take two. Uh, Welcome back to this week, for this week, for Father Knows Something. And uh, Justin and I are sitting here, and we have Holly, who Morgan plopped on the couch. We got her all comfortable and... She was snuggled in, and then something happened that she decided to escape, as you can now see she's doing. She's hanging. But I want to thank everyone, really, for being a part of our show and having us into your lives and paying attention and making your comments. And I guess she's going somewhere. Where are you going? What are you doing? (laughs) I I don't know. She's just on her own little She's here for the intro. She's doing something. Yeah. But as I was saying, thanks for joining us in our lives and allowing us to be part of yours. And um, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. Yeah. And uh, we're growing. What updates do you have for all of us? uh, Regarding in what area? Life. Life life has been kind of uh, interesting for me. As you know, I've been working uh, effectively on the the project at the hangar, getting the airplane updated from being built 30 years ago. Yes. I flew it for 10 years. I parked it for 20 years. I've been playing with the idea of trying to get it back in the air for two and a half years. Yeah, maybe three. And uh, now it's really getting close. You've, you've seen progress, have you not? I have, yeah. Yeah. More progress than I've seen in, in the last, you three, know. Three years. Yeah. So uh, maybe in the next uh, either six weeks or eight weeks or three years from now, we will be ready to go back in the air. And uh, I hope you'll all be a part of it. It'll be kind of fun. Morgan's not very excited about the concept. She thinks for some reason I'm going to ruin my ability of walking her down the aisle. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not dying, guys. Yeah. So on that note, Dad's fix-it shop. We are back in business. Back open evenings and weekends, so this makes sense. This is Friday night. Yeah, there we go. Sundown, new day. We're we're already into Saturday. No, well, just gets dark early. Friday night. No, Friday night sundown starts Saturday on the uh, on the other calendar on the lunar calendar. Oh, that's the way it works. Okay. Would you like to hear a little about our theme? I would love to. So, have you ever been in a situation where you kind of miss the memo? <laughs> daily <laughs> every day well this episode will be perfect for you okay we're diving in all right let's see if i if i get if i get if i get the memo yes I, I'm all buckled in. Are you sure? I didn't hear you. Oh. Now I'm in. What was that last one? I don't know. <laughs> all looking, right. Looking for the memo. <laughs> Number one. Yeah. Starts. Hey. Hey. I was engaged to my partner of six years. We had an amazing six years together. 
We have a plan for a wedding, and only eight months ago, we bought and moved into our first home together. Fantastic. However, about eight weeks ago now, he up and left me with no reason given. He promised me it was nothing to do with me or us and that he just needed to sort his head out. Two days later, he then dumped me by text. He then took it back, then did it again, then again the same. He then came and told me in person it was over after I refused to take it over a phone call. He cried on my sofa, so I believed this was hard on him. For weeks, I believed he was struggling mentally and needed my support, even though I was dying myself with no support. I actually had a car crash, and he didn't even check if I was okay. However, it has now come out that the one girl I was suspicious of and hadn't confronted him about two weeks before he left has already been introduced to the family, and he has quit his beloved job and is moving away with her. That's kind of what I thought was going on. He is telling people we drifted, but he never told me that. We were still intimate until he left. He was still telling me he loved me after he left. The day before he left, he was talking ring boxes and top tables. I'm totally mind boggled. I really need some parental advice. I mean, I have questions. I mean, she does. I mean, obviously, you don't know the answer, but yeah. What about the house? Who put the down payment on the house? What happened with that? I mean, there was, you know, all kinds of issues going on here. Well, let me add the additional info. Okay. Then we'll get into it. Okay. I am praying for karma to bite their arses and him to realize how much he has effed up throwing away everything he wanted for whatever this is. I wish I could get to the angry stage and not care about the man, but despite it all, I do still love him and would love nothing more than to have my life back. We were doing everything we had ever wanted. Just got the house, so close to the wedding, both things that he wanted, and even he chose the names for the baby we were talking about trying for after the wedding. Not sure if I'm crazy to think this could have had a happy ending. It is a happy ending. It's just the way you're looking at it. You're looking at it from the from the window. It's not a happy ending because you didn't get the guy. What you got is the ability of finding the right guy. And I I can't stress this one enough. I do know um, other people that have in a relationship had this plan. You got to do this. You got to have this. You got to get the house. You got to get married. You got to and. It hit home. I mean, it happened very close to my family. And uh, home was got, dog was got, everything was got. Next thing you know, the uh, partner said, I'm out of here. <laughs> and left somebody totally fractured and broken. It, it happens. You know, people think that just because if you go do these things that, you know, the, these... Um, these benchmarks that it's that's just the way it works. It, it's not. You got to really work on yourselves, and when it when it really is consistently right, it's right. This, yeah. you know, the fact that I mean, right after you started saying the behaviors, I said he's out of it. He's found somebody else. He's come to the conclusion she's not the one. Doesn't know how to tell her. He's going to go cry and put on this big show. It's when all, you're in so deep, you know. Yeah, it's all bullshit. It, it, it is such crap. Yeah. And it is a happy ending again because you are free. 
It's not going to come back later and bite you. The guy's inconsistency, he's not the one. I, I'm going to say it one more time. Well, so, and it'd be hard to ever come back from this, you know? I she'd mean, take him back in a heartbeat. Right, but after the dust settled, you, you'd you get to a point where, oh my God, is this going to happen again? You just, it's crazy. I wonder what it is, because is it because in a relationship you may think that Mm, maybe I'm not feeling it, but we're about to get a house and we're about to have a wedding and maybe things will get better. And then once you have all that stuff, it's like, eh, or maybe it's because the wedding was approaching and it, like the house this, was this, different. The wedding was a bigger commitment. This is death do us part. This is getting really close and it's making, it's like the toothpaste, you're squeezing the toothpaste, you know, and there's the toothpaste isn't being brushed. It's just going to go, burst out because the yeah. cap is on and he was feeling the pressure and uh, he, somewhere inside your relationship wasn't the relationship that he really yeah. thought that he wanted. And even though it worked for you, it wasn't going to work for you long-term because he was failing already. That's true. And I think too, it's not surprising that he was talking about the wedding in detail. He was talking about uh, baby names and he was talking about ring boxes and top tables because almost someone who's in that position is testing to see oh does it feel good if I talk about our wedding and our house and our future life or does that also start keep pushing me to a place where I, I'm going to pull out you know people generally will do that because they're trying to see what it feels like mm -hmm. to make those steps with someone mm -hmm. And so they'll talk and talk like, oh, we'll do this and that. And it's all just talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's all just them trying to figure their shit mm -hmm. out. But at the end of the day, this is a freaking nightmare. I mean, I can't imagine being in that position and having someone with like no signs, no warning, just mm -hmm. be like, yep, I'm done. I'd be like, I, I don't, I wouldn't have words. Like I can't imagine going through what you've, what you are going through. I mean, it's, I don't know. That's literally a nightmare. I, I'm just saying glad it happened now. Of course. So you're looking for fatherly advice. My advice to you, my love is it's okay. You're going to be great. You're going to heal from this. It's going to be a moment. Yeah. want to make the next one that much sweeter. Yeah. And your, and your screen is going to be, you know, finer, you know, finer tuned that you're going to see somebody that's going to come up. You're going to say, I've been down this road before. For sure. And let's really see, you know, how this thing rolls out. And yeah. it makes you more conscious. It makes you more, you know, aware of where your relationships are and where they're going and what you're really seeking. But you, in the case of the last story I was mentioning, that person has met somebody else. And the relationship is far better than what the other thing yeah. really was. And yeah. Much happier, and that's really what it's about. It's about really being the to be with the right person. Yeah, for so sure. So give give yourself a break and just call it what it is. You know, when you say, "Did you get the memo?" Yeah, you got the memo. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's a perspective you will get to. Is I'm so glad it happened then. Yeah. Because you weren't married yet. You weren't. You didn't have kids yet. No. And so now moving forward, I think you'll be thankful for that. Yeah. I mean, I was engaged once and I got on an airplane with her to fly back to LA to, to live. 
And on the plane, you know, she, she called it off on the plane as we got back. She says, I just don't think this is, you know, the reality has set into us. And, and it's like, where did this come from? She probably, I mean, people probably just keep pushing it off. That's probably what it is because they're too scared to do it. Yeah. And so they wait until that last possible moment. She did. And I got to tell you, I was heartbroken. Yeah. But, you know, certainly healed from it. You know, and I just looked at it, got pulled over for that, for that ticket. That's right. And got let, and got let go with a warning. So. Ah, oh, it's tough because you can't be like so mad at them. Like, you cheated on me. You did this. You're just like. It's over. I've had it all. I've, yeah. I've had them cheat on me and whatever, so forth. And it was just the wrong relationship. And if you just realize if it was the right relationship and everything was perfect, there would be, they wouldn't go down that road. So I 100%. wasn't, I, we, the, 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 the combination wasn't good enough to hold its own water. It was a leak. It was a fractured bowl. It kept leaking water and you got to look at it that way. Yeah. So let's move on and let us know how life is going for you, but give it a few months. You know, don't even think about, you know, dating or anything just to go camouflage the feeling, go through the grief, go through the healing process 100%. and you'll have a healthier relationship at the end of the day. And don't wait for him to turn around and come back because even if it, and they always do for some reason, call you at the end of the day. It's that don't just move on. Go down the road. Move on like we're moving on okay. to number, number two. <laughs> All right. Number two. Hi, Jerry. Hi. I would love to start off by saying that I love your channel. And I love that you love it. Your advice is incredibly helpful. Never stop what you're doing. It It's helped so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. So I am 22 female. You can call me Rose. Hey, Rose. I'm living with my 22 boyfriend, Jake, and his best friend, 23, Jacob. We got Jake and Jacob. And Jacob's girlfriend, 22, Lily. Ah, oh, I love this. It's, it's, a, it, it's two couples in a home. We have a great dynamic and living together has been great. When my boyfriend and I met, we were 15 and in high school. We never dated until after we graduated and we became best friends. My boyfriend has told me so many times that he was in love with me the whole time and never wanted to pressure me into dating. Little did he know, I felt the same way. Throughout us getting to know each other, he spoke to Jacob about me and how much he liked me and what he loved about me. Jacob has never had much luck in the dating pool, just casual hookups, but never a real connection. Eventually, my boyfriend told me that Jacob had a crush on me. Nothing ever came of that. I didn't meet Jacob until about two years into my friendship with my boyfriend. Two years later, Jacob met Lily, and they've been very happy ever since. Okay, where are we, where are we going? We moved in together about two years ago, and sometimes we have nights where we will all get a little drunk and talk. It's really fun. A few weeks ago, we did the same thing, only Lily didn't join. Jacob and Lily had an argument. We all got drunk. My boyfriend and Jacob got the worst of it, and I made sure they were okay. I helped my boyfriend get cleaned and put him to bed. Jacob slept on the couch. I checked on him every now and then because he was paranoid and trying to leave the house. I was afraid he would hurt himself. He ended up telling me that I was the first person he fell in love with and that I was the best thing that happened to both him and my boyfriend. He ended up naked 
and I just covered him up. I tried helping him pull up his pants once because he kept trying to walk out. I think he was trying to hook up as well. He said he loved me, etc. He said that sometimes he overhears my boyfriend and I when we have sex if he's in the kitchen and he's impressed with the noises. I had a feeling this was going to go sideways a little bit. I don't know what to make of this. I feel conflicted and off. He apologized the next morning saying that he remembers most things and knows he was wrong. He appreciates our friendship and that was that. I don't want things to be weird. Also, I did tell my boyfriend everything that was happening. Minus that Jacob confessed his love and the advances. We've all decided not to get that drunk again. I just hope to put my mind at ease and hope this doesn't affect our relationships. Well, I'm processing this in all the different, you know, the different directions. I mean, there's yep. a lot of shit going on here. The dynamic of what's going on with him and Lily, you know, that, that's their issue. Yep. Um, and there's an issue. And Lily feels it. She knows it. That's true. And, you know, far as where to go with it, look, you made it really clear. He, he, he came clean to see if there was anything there for him. Uh, you let him know there's not. You know, it, it's, it, it's an empty well for him going after you. The, the idea is I, I hope that he would have um, the ability now to, to put a cork in it and go forward. And that's really where it lies. I mean, you if he doesn't, then you're going to really have to tell your boyfriend, you know something, we really got to make a change. This isn't working with him. He he has deeper feelings. He's It's just not healthy for our, our relationship. Yeah. And it's time that he, that he moves out and goes on. And you can tell your boyfriend point blank what's going on. That, you know, it happened once. No one you know, called on it. You know, we didn't go down that road. I have no interest in it, but I just feel that if he keeps doing this, he's going to get out of, he could have a propensity to get out of control. And it's going to, it's going to be a problem for our relationship. 100%. I mean, there's so many concerns, A, with him, the whole situation with him trying to leave and, and that whole, that, that was, that, a, that whole, I mean, that's, he was playing her. I mean, yeah, it, Where's the line? When do you tell your boyfriend? Right now? Do you, would you just say, like, if this had happened to you, are you are you not holding it back? Or well, you? No, no, you could, she can certainly tell her boyfriend. I mean, there's no reason why she can't tell him. Because he'd want to know. Yeah, I mean, but you know, the, the the point blank is is that you know she could say, look, you know, I made it really clear. I'm letting you know what's going on, and let's just hope that he can, you know. Get re get real with it. I mean, you can certainly, you know, the boyfriend boyfriend should have should know. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, I do believe in in open honesty with you, with, you know, with your partner. Because mm -hmm. then, and then he can make his own determination what he wants to do. I I thought that this thing was going to end up in a three in a, in a threesome. Is where oh, I thought, <laughs> that's where I thought it was going to go. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and now what do we do? You know, and Lily and. You know, this is definitely not a threesome. This is a this is a is, is two couples. One guy is just not in love with Lily, and he can't get the fact that, you know, yeah. And if she doesn't have that feeling for him, then by all means, it, it you know drive the dagger through drive the dagger through it. Well, and if if it can't be gotten over, then they they 
don't need to be living they together. They don't need to be living together. I mean, I'm not saying that she can't have, you know, her boyfriend can't have his friend. I mean, that's something that yes. they can go figure out. They're going to have to work through that relationship. But that's not your issue. That's, that's you know, uh, Jake and Jacob. Right? <laughs> yes. That, they got to go work that one out. But Yeah, and I think just for the, you know, she's concerned about hope that this doesn't affect our relationships, mm-hmm. right? It's not just her and her boyfriend, it's her boyfriend and him, and her hers and, him. And, and hers and Lily. I mean, everybody. I mean, sure. And so I think what's best about that, especially if he says he's like overhearing you guys have sex and he likes it, then it, then you just start to that's, think. That's for a, little, the, it's a little weird. It man. is, but for the betterment of, for the, the, the best outcome for all of the relationships involved, probably need to divide the living situation right. a little bit. You know, I mean, I, I went, I, I, I have a, I had a, a best friend, still have that friend. Yeah. And I was dating a woman and before, you know, she was, he was dating, he had the hots for her too. They were both <laughs> dating. It went down that road. And at the end of the day, our friendship survived it. I mean, I realized that, you know, hormones, Will make men do stupid things. And, I bet a lot of friendships couldn't do that, though. And you know, it's just dumb. But you know, at the end of the day, and and I looked at the fact that if she opened the door, you know, she didn't. You know, she told me that he was making a play for her, but she was playing it too. Yeah, she was working. She was where everyone was working the angle. Nineteen and twenty year olds, go figure. So, what's the memo in this one? Memo is tell the boyfriend, and I think that's that's where you start and together work through how you guys want to handle it. Yeah, I think so. That's the simplicity of it. Okay. Okay. Next one, number three. Onward, forward. Yep. Not downward. No. Upward. Upward. Okay. Number three. I'm falling for someone in my string quartet. Hi, I am in a very upsetting situation. I've fallen fast and hard for my friend in my quartet. We can call him James. James. James and I didn't really know each other very much this past year, but got very close recently. James has a longtime girlfriend whom he's dated since high school. I've realized that he is everything I've ever wanted in a person. I have waited a very long time to meet someone like this. I just feel something with him. I'm not going to be a homewrecker, and be that person. I just simply want to feel my feelings and just let it be that. I just want to know how to get through it. We rehearse together three times a week for 90 minutes and see each other every day. It's really hard to do that for me because there's no time away. How do I make this dynamic in rehearsal as normal as possible? I don't want to cause a scene, but at the same time, I am just so in this thing with him that I'm at such a loss. It's so sad for me because I've always been the person that loves people that don't love them back. It just feels extra rude that he is so perfect for me in every single way, and yet I still can't be happy. I mean, obviously, I am happy alone, but I just want it to be my turn to feel so much joy from being with someone who is everything to me. As you were reading this, my first response was, you need to go move on. Get a, get a Get out of this environment because it's going to be torturous for you. And if you move out of this environment and go find another quartet to work with or a different group, um, 
two things are going to happen. One, life will go on for you guys just the way he'll go down his road with whoever's in his life. And you will meet somebody and go down that road, and this will have less of an effect on you. By torturing yourself, by being in this person's presence, you're going to keep dancing with the devil, if you want to call it that. Sure. You're dancing with your feelings. You're dancing with the fact that there's a guy that now you're going to have to go start getting, you know, you're, you're and you're going to make your feelings well-known to him. You're going to be flirting. You're going to be doing this stuff. And at the end of the day, let their relationship succeed or fail without you being a part of it. And if you're away from it and you may bump into him in a year or two. And, and if he knows, if he has the feelings for you right now, he himself will, will see that you're not there and he will then make a move to go do something about it. No, but, but you can't keep, t you can't, you can't keep sitting there with the bait and the worm on the hook. Ideal outcome. Just to survive. I'm not sure what to do really. I want to just move on, but I can't. I don't know if I should confront him about it or just silently sulk until I come to terms with everything. You just need to move on. Don't confront him about it. Don't tell him that. He, you guys have, have had everyday adventures together and communicated. He knows who you are. If he's got any feelings, he's going to come, he's going to come chase you down. You need to go on and get out of there. Because what it's if, not healthy for either one of you. So let's say it's like a, a, you know, kind of like a precursor for a career. Let's say she's in this quartet, not just for fun, but that it's a great opportunity and it'll lead to her getting in the, the, the next stage of wanting to be a string player in mm -hmm. XYZ. And what if it's not so simple, like you just got to leave the quartet? Then how, how many bands, including Fleetwood Mac, did this shit go on? Yeah, but what do you do if you're in, if you're in one a situation, or well, let's say it's school and like, and there's not an opportunity to switch. Well, how do you deal with it if you can't get out, but you still have to face it? You face it. You deal with it daily, but it's torture. Why? Yeah. Do, why torture yourself? I mean, if 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 my kid came to me and said, "I have this." going on the last thing i want to see my my kid do is torture themselves in a place where i know that if 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 she leaves and he has any feelings at all right she doesn't have to go to him to confess her feelings he's going to see that she's gone he's going to go ballistic he's going to want to know where she is and how do i be around her sure and if it's and he himself will, in that relationship that's causing the problem, she won't have to say a thing. All this stuff will go on in the background. And then if he, if there is something there, he will come find her and he will be free and then they can move on. Yeah. She didn't do it. He did it. Right. That's, that's that simple. But so she, you wouldn't confront? No. I would simply at this point in time, take for, take, take the, take the thought, there's no benefit to, to confronting it. Right. I agree. There's yeah. just not. I mean, I, I believe that it, the, the bigger move is the silence. Yeah. And, and, and disappearing. And if it's, if the relationship is real, this will have no effect on him. If the relationship is not real that he's having with this girlfriend, he will say, 
I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm not, we are not the right ones. And he will be free of the other relationship. He'll already know what's going on. He's not going to be stupid. He will figure something out and he will go chase her down and it will have a better, it will have a better opportunity if that's the way it happens than this other way. But don't keep torturing yourself every day by being around there and keep dancing with this thing. Yeah. I fully believe this. Then that's, that father knows something advice. Doesn't mean I know everything. I mean, I can, <laughs> you can think, here's the beauty. You get to you get to hear this and say, you know, I can see where it is and I'm gonna make this decision one way or the other way. And you'll and and typically when anyone came to me with that, with with this direction, I would have said, screw them. I'm gonna continue down my path because I don't want to be without them. Yeah. Because it's almost like an addictive drug. That's true. Because they'll consume you. Well, the feeling you get when you're around them is just crazy. Yeah. Look, you you've seen me in love with other people. You know the way the craziness that you do when you even know it's wrong. You you got to do what's best for you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Number four. Number four. How do I talk to my dad about his recent behavior? (laughs) You you get a baseball bat. No, I'm kidding. I know everyone says this, but I just wanted to tell you how much I love this podcast. Why, thank you. I want to apologize in advance for how long this might be, but I am also a severe sufferer of ADD, and this story does require some background for context. No apologies necessary. Let's get let's get down, down to it and give it all to me. I am 23 and in grad school currently. My biological father and my mom had me, then my sister Evie, 21. My bio dad gave up his parental rights to me and my sister when I was 13. This was so the man my mom married when I was nine, Brian, could adopt me and my sister. I met Brian when I was six, and he had two boys that are now my half-brothers. Brian has always been a good dad, and this is the reason why when I get married next year, I will be hyphenating my name rather than changing it because it was a, all caps, FIGHT to get this name and I want it to be mine until I die. The problem now is that my parents have divorced in the past year and their relationship has been tumultuous for a while. This has now come to involve me, my sister, and my youngest brother, Peyton, 18, in an inappropriate way. My oldest brother, Taylor, 29, is in the military and doesn't come home often and doesn't call often, so I have always had to be the mediator. This has become difficult because my school is in a different state, so I am not home all the time. I told both of my parents that me and my siblings need to be left out of this divorce and to not include us because each of us have enough going on in our own lives. This worked until the paperwork was finalized, and then it seems like now my dad is talking badly about my mom to my other siblings. He also got the house and the paid-off truck in the divorce, leaving my mom with a car payment and renting an apartment. But for some reason, it seems like he is on a path of vengeance and keeps threatening to take her to court for more money and is threatening alimony because my mom is a successful business owner. All she wants is to move on and live her life, but it seems like he won't just leave her alone. On top of this, in the past few months, he has only reached out to me to tell me he sent me some money, no job because of grad school, or to talk about my mom, which I don't feel comfortable with. He never reaches out to me when I come home to try and see me, so I stopped reaching out to him because my weekend at home seems to get filled up fast 
and I shouldn't have to reach out to him every time to see him. He hasn't visited me where I live in over a year. I recently came home over 4th of July weekend and I didn't reach out to him as he hadn't ever texted or called me in over a month. As I was getting on the interstate to go back to school, I got a very long text message from my dad about how I never come and see him, but I have no problem driving by his place to go see my mom. And the text just seemed very, I am the victim and you should feel bad. I read the text when I got home and I couldn't even answer it. School has been extremely draining for me and I decided I wasn't going to respond until my summer break. It is currently the first week of August and week 14 out of 15 in the trimester and his behavior has only gotten worse and escalated to calling my mom ugly names when he sees her in person and ranting and dumping his emotional problems on my sister. This makes me extremely uncomfortable and I don't even want to talk to him when I finally am on summer break, but I know a conversation needs to be had with him. How do I express to him how all this makes me feel without starting a fight or seeming like I'm taking my mom's side and tell him to stop talking to my siblings badly about my mom? Again, I'm sorry for how long this is, but I felt like all of it was needed and I feel like Jerry always wants all the info. Thank you for taking the time to read this and hopefully respond. You, my dear, are absolutely right. Let's just assume for the conversation, just as you call it, he is your dad. You are his daughter. You have other siblings. You have a mother. You love both of them. And you are just as clear. Hold on a second. Sorry, guys. Holly wanted to break out. It's really clear that what you need to really um, get him to recognize, and you can have a conversation with him. You can just say, you know, Dad, I, I am going to come over. I, I do want to talk to you. I got your text message. And I want you to recognize something. Certainly with me, I can't talk about my siblings. I'm not going to get between you and Mom. You, you really have to just figure out what your issues are and deal with with getting through this anger. I don't know where, look, we have no idea where his anger is coming from. Yeah. His bitterness is, we don't know if she cheated on him. We don't know if he cheated on her. We don't know if there was no cheating. We don't know if there was just, whatever it was, it was dirt and water. And what does dirt and water make? Mud. That's right. And together is their marriage. Their marriage did not grow great, great greens. It grew just muck. Yeah. So just say that to him. And you'd like to have a relationship with your with with her father, but he, you can't do it when he's bashing mom. And I can't have a relationship with mom as she was bashing you. I love both of you. I'm on taking no sides. You know, you guys made a decision. Your life would be better without one another. Yeah. So you got what you wanted. Go live your lives. And let's be happy going forward. We don't have to be angry. Right. I mean, in an ideal sense, yeah. I mean, we don't know. You, as much as you certainly brought, you know, a lot of this, you know, the muck forward, we don't know how their lifestyles were interactive. If he has a job, if he's working, you know, he may have been the, the father that raised everybody. Why the mother worked. I mean, we, we don't know some of this stuff where his bitterness is. I mean, he, it, we used to live in a world that the man was the, the, the breadwinner and the woman was home and then he would come and get divorced and 
you know, he would take everything, whatever he could, because it was his and his mind. And the wife would be left here. She might've been the breadwinner and she said, here, take the house, do this. I'm going to live my life. I want to be happy. Yeah. Go have your life. Yeah. So, you know, you're, it's simple. You don't want to get involved in this politics. Just point blank say, I'm, I refuse to hear your, 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 your bitterness to mom. I, I'm not interested in it, you know? Yeah. And go figure it out on your own. I'm not your audience for that, but I do love you. And I do want to be able to go out with you and not hear the bitterness. I want to hear good things about you and where you are in your life. We can go spend positive time. We can do projects together, but nothing that's going to involve bitterness to mom. Yeah. And would you advise your sister to take the same stance or would you almost take it for the both of you? I think that, you know, you, you can certainly have a discussion with her, with, with, with her sister mm -hmm. and decide if she wants to take that path as well. And then you guys can do it together. But either way, the one that you're the only person that you have a boundary, the only one that you need to make clear on the boundary is your dad in your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you are um, going to be having a wedding. Yeah, that's true. And then because he may get to the part where he is, you know, so difficult that he may not be able to attend the wedding. That also is true. Yeah. So the the most the better that you can get set these set the you know the the boundaries up for him for what is involved with your relationship and him the better you are. No. I find it um so interesting in life how and you kind of always think you're alone when this happens but you'll just be going about your life doing nothing wrong just living your life doing your thing and all of a sudden something will pop up and you have to address it. You have mm -hmm. to have go you have to go have some hard conversation. You have to go set some boundary or do something out of none of your own doing. Mm -hmm. It just, it's not you created a problem. It's just the problem came up and you're the one who has to like do something about mm -hmm. it. And I think those situations are really interesting in life. And this is definitely one where it's going to take you to set the boundary because you didn't do anything wrong. You're just dealing with all the BS from, other people's problems, mm -hmm. but it's starting to affect you. And so, you know, stuff like that in life is really annoying and it sucks, but I guess it's part of growing up is you got to start dealing with some stuff like that. I mean, if, if, if this was going on with Morgan and I and her mom and look, Morgan is a product as well as, the, as her brothers of, of a couple that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have my frustrations that, I do know that Morgan is not, or nor are any of the, the kids interested in. Nobody is. Right. So it's our job to, when we're together, to behave as co-parents and, you know, realize we have a certain love for one another because of our history and our kids. But we also recognize there are boundaries. Yeah. And sometimes those boundaries get, you know, you know, kicked over and you know they got to be brought back up because as yeah. soon as they're kicked over that's how we got in this problem in the first place that's true and so you know i don't i try not to involve the kids nor are, are any of the kids interested in it that's true yeah well and that's worked itself out this is you know this is 
new, newish, right. where these fights and arguments are getting to the point where it's like, it's getting worse. We're right. not getting better. Right. But these kids are adults right now. Exactly. Yep. It's different than what I, that, that what I was dealing with, with them so young. For sure. And, For sure. And, you know, you're also a product of, of a family that did not work out. And there is some boundary issues and stuff like that. How do you deal with it? What, what's your advice to her? Because you probably have been here. Yeah, I mean, not so. For me, it's like, it feels like a war. And then kind of the, it starts to settle down. Whereas this feels like everything blew up and the war's getting bigger and bigger mm -hmm. and bigger. So in that case, I think, I mean, I think I'd have to take a path exactly like you said. You address it with him. I think you involve your sister too. You see what her, her feelings are because it's nice to be a united front, mm -hmm. um, especially because you have a sibling. You know, mm -hmm. I, I navigated a lot of stuff as an only child. So I think I'd approach it like that. You, you got to set the boundary with him because he's the one at this point causing all of this mm -hmm. he's relentlessly not stopping he's he's the, he's the fight. like he's like michael franks he has thrown bananas <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's it's he's, just, he's there just tossing toss flinging this shit consistently <laughs> and i do think you have to address it now you do and i know you're pushing it off which is very easy to do very human natural to push this off that mean, but, being the pacifist, no, yeah, we're, but, not, we're not doing that. We're going to go. Exactly. You're going to go grab, you're going to go grab this, this banana thrower by the tail and you're going to say, buddy, I love you, but this isn't going to work for, this isn't working. So yeah. stop it. You got an issue. Go get some help. Go get counseling. Go do something to get rid of the anger, dad, because you got so much anger. It's not good for you. And, yeah. And it's not good for all of us. Right. Well, and the thing is, is you can't control anyone but yourself. Mm -hmm. But what you can control is, you know, your boundaries with somebody. So hopefully you setting that boundary will inspire your ideal outcome, which is my ideal outcome would be that my parents leave each other alone until they can be civil with each other. Mm -hmm. My sister's wedding this year was so tense and awkward, and I don't want it to be like that at any more events that we all have to be at. I would like for my dad to respect boundaries that I and the rest of my siblings have clearly set and to go back to therapy and move on. Bam. I didn't even hear that part. Well, this it's is exactly yeah. right. So that is, this is, that's why we call it an ideal outcome. What you can control is going in and setting those boundaries and trying to put this in motion. If it doesn't work out and it, you know, maybe boundaries have to get well, let me ask stronger. You, let me ask but, you a question. Yeah. What what do you do? What does she do if she set the boundaries and pop's gonna keep, you know, walking over them? In the does she does she do the accountability and um the exp expectation and accountability clause, meaning interpreted. Yeah. You tell dad, uh my expectation for you is to behave. <laughs> Period. Hate hate to talk to you like you're a child. Yeah. But you're and I'm your child. But if 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 I have to tell you to knock it off and you're not gonna knock it off, then I can't be around you until you get some assistance. 
because it's draining me. Yeah, I mean, the boundaries will have to get stronger. So it's account, it, it's expectation and accountability. If he makes the choice, dad, if you make the choice to keep doing this, you are making the choice not to see me. Correct. And you have to own up to that. So don't, don't write me the victim text anymore because I'm not interested in it. You have the power to make this work and you have the power to, to make it fail. Yeah. What are you going to do? That's perfect. And that's that's the conversation I see it. Yeah. Because you're now you're no you're no longer a child and neither is he even though he's behaving like one right now. He's right. he's sta- he's there on the table taking his fork and his spoon and he's pounding it. <laughs> so, yeah. So there we go. Let's move on to the next one is number 5. Number 5 the finale. The grand finale. We need a drum roll or something. I'm not doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I could really use some good dad advice right now. Okay. I'm here for you. I might be losing the longest friendship I've ever had, and I'm not sure if I should intentionally go low contact or put in more effort to try and salvage the relationship. I've been friends with my now roommate, we'll call her Maddie, for 18 years now. We are both 23. We got especially close in college where we lived together for a year and a half. They met when they were five. Yep. Got some history here. She was a great support for me and I for her, and we lived together very well without issues. She probably knew more about me than anyone else in the world. From our senior year of high school until just last year, five years, Maddie had a boyfriend. She broke up with this boyfriend a year ago and said that she needed some time to process this relationship understandably so. I was there with snacks, making plans when I could. I was just starting my professional job after finishing college. She was sad about losing the relationship, but was also ready to be done with a guy who didn't put in all of the effort he should have. After the ending of this relationship is when I started to feel Maddie starting to change, but not for the worse yet. She was discovering who she was, changing her style, saying that she wanted to and had more time on her hands without driving to and from her boyfriends every week. After two months of being single, she started going on dates with a guy from college. This could be a whole story on its own, but basically they got serious really fast, spending at least half of their time together going MIA for long periods, and she had no time for anyone else. During this time, I was going through a really rough depression patch It was really clear to me that because I was not in a relationship, I was nobody's first choice. I let Maddie know what was going on and told her I needed a little bit more from our friendship. More texts here and there, hanging out once in a while, nothing crazy. She said she was there for me, but honestly, looking back, there was no change in her behavior. She claimed to be prioritizing her friendships despite being in this situationship, but her actions did not back that up. Long story short, he did some really creepy things and she was forced to break things off with him. She said that she needed a year of being single and on her own before hopping into anything. She needed to get to know herself first. It didn't last long. She was going on dates throughout this period and then after just three more months, she was seeing another guy. This was right after we moved in together with another roommate, we'll call her Amelia. Maddie found him on a dating app and it was the same type of thing as the previous relationship. 
She immediately was spending more than half her time with him. She was either with him or spending time with other friends that she was making time for. I hardly saw her, but I was working full time as well, so I blamed it on myself. I made a few attempts to reach out and connect, but they always seemed to fall flat. I didn't feel the energy being given back in this relationship, so I was getting closer in other friendships who were also pouring into me. My mom had early onset Alzheimer's for eight years and was on hospice since basically the same time Maddie's relationship started. She passed recently, but we had a three to four days heads up on when she was not doing well. I was there every day as much as I could. I did not see Maddie for a whole week while this was happening. I had texted her and updated her on what was going on. She was well aware that my mom was dying. She planned ahead of time to spend the night at her boyfriend's on Saturday night. My mom died on Sunday. I had to text her about it because I didn't see her in person. After I told her that, she then decided to stay at her boyfriend's for an extra night, leaving me home alone as Amelia was working. This was the biggest hurt possible because she was intentionally leaving me alone when I was already feeling so lonely. It definitely made me want to take a step back on our relationship. That same week, she sent a long text to our roommate group chat saying that she would not be able to pay more in rent. She's enthusiastically agreed to paying $100 more a month because I'm struggling with money as I am paying almost $1,000 more than her a month in rent. This was another slap in the face to me as she is unemployed and it doesn't look like she is finding somewhere to work anytime soon. I told her that we needed to talk about all of these misunderstandings and we did. I told her about everything that has been hurting me and all of the actions she has been taking that have hurt our friendship. She seemed to take it okay, but was not budging on rent, so I gave up because I was so drained from the week. Maddie agreed she needed to be intentional and that it was horrible she left me alone. Her excuse for being absent was that she didn't feel welcome to bring her boyfriend around the place or take up space here. I don't think my roommate or I have done anything to make her think this way, and she couldn't come up with anything specific we did to make her feel this way. What triggered me to write this today after all this time is that Maddie invited my two closest friends from college, who I introduced her to, and their boyfriends over to our place without letting me know. She only asked if she could have people over. I only knew a couple hours at a time because my friend who was coming over asked if I would be there to hang out, slash if she would see me to give me a hug as my mom's funeral was two days ago, which Maddie never talked to me about, asked me about, or made any effort to go and support me. Maddie seems to see nothing wrong with her actions in general and is always surprised when I am hurt by her. I guess I need outside opinions on if I'm being oversensitive. Is this friendship worth saving? Should I be taking more fault in how this friendship has declined? And should I keep our contact to a business transaction with just rent? You know, you guys have a history of a long relationship. And... Let me tell you, relationships, they go up, they go down. They're not always consistent. Sometimes even when someone is in a relationship, they really look at their, the friend they've had for all these years and say, you know, they're going to understand that I'm putting all my focus in this other relationship and they'll, they'll be fine. Yeah. Not realizing they may not be fine, especially when they're going through things on, you know, that they're going through. She doesn't really seem to really get the note or get the memo. Perfect for this one. 
yep. that you really need a friend and she's not there for you. The decisiveness or, or, or path you take on this is that you can just not reach out to her. You're, you're, you just take the memo that she's not interested. And when she says, how come you do this? Or how come you did that? You say, I, I had conversations with you telling you things that were not going well. And I just, in, just took, took, I took the memo f- from you that you're on a different path. Yeah. That you simply weren't interested because if right. you were, you would have been there. So don't invest anymore into her emotionally. You don't need to. I mean, she's the one that's dropping the ball on you. You don't have to keep supporting the whole relationship. Right. When she comes equally back, you know, that's fine. You know, I mean, that's what happens. Some some of these friendships, I have friends that I've had for all my life. I consider them friends. I talk to them once every two years. But I know that, you know, they have their lives. They have their thing. They have their kids. They have their 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 group. They have the things that they like to do. Yeah. And we just didn't grow that way to be in some of those same things. Doesn't mean that if I got a phone call that I wouldn't be there. Right. And I would be. Yeah. But it it, you know, she is evidently not there. She's not online. She's offline. So just take it that she's offline right now and don't put any effort into it. And if you need need a friend, that she's not it. She's not the person. She's not. She's already demonstrated to you that she's not. And if she, when she comes to you and say, "How come you're ignoring me?" You'll say, "Well, you made it pretty clear, right? You're busy with with whomever his name is, and that you weren't interested because I did come to you, and you didn't take note to it, right?" So, I don't need to keep beating my my head against the the wall to go to somebody that's not that really didn't want to be there. Yeah, well, and it's it's even more uh, in the spotlight because they're living together, so you can't. You know, it's tough because you have to face it, just you like do. the quartet situation. You have to face it this every is, day. This is different than the quartet situation. I mean, when I look at this one, you know, she said, "I didn't know I had a you know." You know, can I have friends come over? She, she literally, I, I don't know if there's rules of order in this place when you guys sign on as a roommate that you have to ask if you're going to have someone over. Yeah. You know, typically it's your home. You can have I think it was over. just more of like a, a courtesy thing. Like, hey, I'm inviting a bunch of mute, like people I know, we, we mutually know. And I'm not like letting you know and saying, hey, are, are you going to be around that tonight? Because I'm having all these guys over and it'd be great for all of us to hang, you know? But evidently, she's not communicating. Right. And it's it's pointed because it's not like everyone got invited over to her place mm-hmm. elsewhere to hang out. They got invited directly to where you also live and you weren't even included. Right. But you but, but since you live there, you could certainly walk out and say, hi, what's going on? Well, 100%. But it's, it's the fact of the matter that she is blatantly... Left you out. Yeah. Not giving you a heads up, not... She's, she, yeah. like I said, she's checked out. Yeah. She's in her own little world. So that's why you just really can't pay a lot of attention to her right now. Right. And if she's not paying the rent and she's not paying the the appropriate amount, find another roommate. Yeah. Well, cause I'm thinking about it with my roommates right now. 
If one of them had their friends over, they wouldn't have to ask me. I mean, we all do just because we're courteous people. Mm -hmm. But if Austin were going to invite like a bunch of our close music friends over, Mm -hmm. it would be really weird if he didn't say, hey, I'm having blah, 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 and blah, blah over. Do you want to hang out too? That's, that would be so direct and obvious that, you know, it's, you know, it's not that you have to have an agreement like, oh yes, you are allowed to have these guests over. It's more just, we've been this close for this long and it's just so obvious. When I, it, like I said, she's checked out. Yeah. And yeah. since she's offline, uh, don't reach out to get her online because she's, she's not there. Yeah. So don't don't write don't raise your expectation for it because you're just going to be set up for disappointment. But I also say in the same thing, you don't have to cut her any slack. Right now, she's not cutting you any slack, so you don't have to cut her. Any, it's not war. Don't declare war. But I would certainly say that if she's got a, a responsibility on rent, you say, look, you know, you got a responsibility. We we do need to survive here, and I can't support it all. Yeah. And if you can't do it. I understand. I'll find another roommate. Just let, you know, just recognize that I'm looking and that we're going to have a new, I'm going to have to get another roommate in here. It's true. You kind of got to just see how it goes moving forward, but mm-hmm. emotionally start pulling back a little. It de- definitely remove your expectation. I, yeah. I find in life, every time I have an expectation on somebody or something, it usually gets destroyed. So, yeah, you know, in business, yeah, you have an expectation, and the accountability is I don't pay them, or I do pay them when they when when they come through. Yeah, you know when you start doing favors for friends, do it without the expectation of anything, because if you expect something in return, you are going to be sorely, purely disappointed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so do it from the graces of the goodness of your heart, whichever you do, and however it turns out. Don't worry because they're not always going to, they're not going to appreciate it. That's true. They just don't. Yeah. Typically. Some do, but typically no. Yeah. They don't. Okay. So that's it for this, uh, this week. That is. Yeah. We uh, certainly look forward to you join us next week. We have a Patreon I think we're going to do. Yep. And so please um, jump on over and watch our Patreon. Come hang. Also, we do group session. So please, uh, Come watch it. It's kind of fun. And if you have stories that you know that we're going to have interaction to ask questions, save your story for group and let's really get into it. Yeah, I sure. love I love it when we tear into some of the stuff because it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So we'll see you then. Good night. Bye.